Hello and welcome to Podcast by the Peer, the podcast where freelance copywriters talk about all things freelancing and copywriting. Whether you're a seasoned copywriter or just dipping your toe into the world of words, pull up a deck chair and join us as we dive into the minds of some of our freelance favourites. I'm your host, Tom Davies, a freelance copywriter based in Brighton. And today, I'm joined by the Jay-Z Rater, Brighton Escaper and freelancer magazine creator. It's the legend herself, Sophie Cross. Welcome to the show, Sophie. Oh my God, that is the best intro. I've just done my little, at the beginning of the magazine, we write like two things about ourselves and I think I'm going to go and change mine now to this. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and my LinkedIn profile, I think. Right, that's it. Everything. That's it. That's it from now on. That's my bio. That's it, man. I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> you should do this for a living. <laughs> right then, listener. Today, we're going to have a natter about the power of community and how it can help you grow your business, network, and profile as a freelance copywriter. But before we talk into today's topic, Sophie, can you tell our listeners who you are and how you became the editor of Freelancer Magazine? I am the editor of Freelancer Magazine, and I became the editor of Freelancer Magazine because I decided to make a magazine and then make myself the editor of it. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like the best way to achieve anything, I think. Choose yourself. If you want to do anything, don't wait for someone else to give you permission. Just do it. Like you can pretty much do anything these days on, you know, a small scale, like the tools are all available. So if you want to be a writer, you do not have to wait for someone else to tell you that you're a writer, if you want to be an editor. So yeah, I do that. I have been a freelancer for 10 years, marketer and copywriter, over 10 years now, probably. But now, at the moment, pretty much solely focusing on the magazine and making courses that go alongside the magazine. But yeah, also freelance. Awesome. And what a magazine it is. And um, it's great to have you here, Sophie. And I can't speak for every freelancer, but when I think about freelance community, you are one of the first faces that pops in my mind. And that's partly because I think you're one of the first people many new freelancers stumble across when they enter the world of freelance. And well, that was certainly the case for me on Twitter, but also because you've now like embodied that community even more so with Freelancer Magazine, which if we're honest, it's, it's a bit more than just a magazine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I know obviously lots of people have heard the magazine and get the magazine and, but I was still really kind of, I don't know, like really flat because I think I see so many other people like that. But I always talk about like I turned up on Twitter one day and, you know, this is years pre-pandemic because that's how we kind of do time now, isn't it? Like pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. And genuinely, I was on Twitter to like find out what a copywriter was because I had been, my details had been passed on to a big client then they'd and they'd wanted a copywriter in the travel and hospitality because I was doing travel and hospitality marketing at the time. And I had to go to a meeting with this big kind of travel client and they wanted a copywriter. Yeah. And someone had said, Oh, I know a good copywriter, Sophie. And I didn't know really what a copywriter was. So I went on Twitter to try and find out. And honestly, it was like the first week, just purely coincidentally, that Content Club started. So it was like hashtag Content Club UK. And I came across like Gareth Hancock and that was like, that was the experience I had that people just kind of welcomed me with open arms and were like, this is what it means to be a freelance copywriter. Like we help each other, we share information, we just have a laugh. We're actually 
just having some really great banter here. And I was like, cool, I can get on board with this. And now it's my duty to do that for other people. And I just think that is awesome. And that's what the magazine is trying to do as well. Awesome. I mean, you kind of turned that kind of virtual community, I suppose, into an in-person community. So I don't know anyone else who's taught the UK in their van, bringing freelancers together. I know we've played volleyball together this year. Yeah, it's been really nice. Like I'm going to have to do it again next year, I think. And it's just nice to be able to run a business how you want to run a business. Like if that involves playing volleyball or throwing a party and things like that. So yeah, that's why we go into business, right? Is to try and kind of do it as much of the way we can and get away from the formalities and like corporate red tape and things like that. And of course, we still have to adhere to a lot of these things or some of these things with clients, but we're all kind of just trying to get as far as we can away from corporate life. And I think this is just the the direction everything's going in now, isn't it? If you're part of these communities, it's like, we don't have to be super formal with each other. We can really show our personalities and our best kind of traits and people work with people they like. So if you're yourself, you're going to attract more people that you're going to like to work with, I think. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And hopefully by next year, your volleyball serve would have improved as well. We'll see. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you know what? Because like the Christmas party was like American pool tournament. I think everyone is going to be like practicing their pool like crazy, practicing their volleyball like in like five years, we'll just have like the most, like Freelancer Magazine will just be like competitive sports for like mid, people in their mid 40s. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. dodgeball and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe we should try and like, yeah, we've got to do dodgeball next year, haven't we? <laughs> oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Versus clients, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, Sophie. So for freelancers new to the game or for those perhaps happy enough just to keep themselves themselves, but want to make more connections with other freelancers in the new year. What are your kind of tips for just getting yourself out there and becoming part of that freelance community? I think, I mean, I was a freelancer for years before, like isolated and not part of these communities as a kind of marketer. And like I said before, I sort of went onto Twitter one day and then thought, oh my God, like people are chatting to each other and this is great. But I think, Oh God, I remember first Content Club UK I attended and I was too scared to tweet. Like I was too, and it seems like crazy now, but I honestly, I sat there for the whole half an hour and I was so scared of like making a typo. So now I see people kind of saying, oh, they're kind of lurkers on LinkedIn and things like that. And I think, oh my God, just comment, like just write stuff. But it is like, you have to start from the beginning. Everybody starts from the beginning it took me ages to like pluck up the courage to really be part of like Content Club UK and put regular answers in and not kind of, you know, you're just so scared that you're going to press tweet and then you're going to see that typo and everyone's going to go, oh my God, she thinks she's a writer and she can't even spell. But then it's not like that. The more you can kind of relax about it and be yourself, the more you're not carefully curating every answer. So I'd say... Just start where you are. If at the moment you're not ready to post, like on social media, do try and start making some comments and just be genuine and just be kind and be helpful. I think the main thing for me when I create any content, like if I come on a podcast like this or if I do a LinkedIn post, and I think this is the direction that LinkedIn is hopefully going, is like 
being helpful versus trying to be clever. Like if you're trying to look clever, if you're trying to be desperate that you're going to look clever and not make a typo, you're sitting in the wrong place. If you're just trying to be helpful, then it kind of never feels weird and um, you can't really ever be kind of shot down for it. So I think just start where you're at, like push yourself a little bit, your comfort zone to just try and get involved a little bit. And I think the other main thing for me is like, it's like a bit of a cliche, but find your tribe. I think we all go to like networking things or we find people on social media and then we think, oh God, like this just isn't, this isn't right. And I'm not going to go to another networking event or I'm not going to go back on LinkedIn. And actually it's probably not the thing. It's probably not the channel. It's the fact that you haven't quite found the right people on it because there will be people there for you and you sort of get the experience to learn a bit quicker I think as you go through business to go okay yeah these aren't my people I probably need to go somewhere else yeah and just mentioning their content club UK my experience of it when I first stumbled upon it was like what why are kind of people that are in competition with each other helping each other out and I know that that's like a misconception that's like thoroughly covered but it's just not like that. It is just such a f- super friendly community. You know, even if I like a post or something from another freelancer on LinkedIn, my mates, like no, all two of them might say, you're promoting other people's like your competition. I'm like, no, mate, it's, it's not like that. That's just not what this community is all about. It's about helping each other out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, I just don't think that ever happens in reality. Like you're just not stealing people's business the reality is you're all raising the game you're sharing knowledge it means that you have a benchmark to like if it's just you working in isolation and you're dealing with a client but how do you know how anyone else is dealing with a client how do you know what anyone else is charging so actually we're kind of you know it is that rising tide lifts all boats isn't it so actually just kind of fighting for copywriting for instance as you know a service that people need pushing that as something that people recognize, I think it's really naive to think that we're competing with each other directly and that if we are going to be supporting each other, that's going to get us out of pocket. Like it just doesn't happen like that. No, totally. I guess on the back of that thought, one way to be more part of that freelance community is to be more present on LinkedIn. I find it a little bit challenging doing that as discussed in my previous episode with Mel Barfield, but what's your kind of approach to let's say LinkedIn, and perhaps building a profile within the freelance community? Yeah, I mean, I think in short, show up and be yourself and be as helpful as possible. Look at questions that you get asked frequently from clients. That's how I started off probably three or so years ago. Had about 500 connections that we from over 10 years of, of employment and freelancing. I was posting just like a link to my blog and I was getting like one like and I just overnight kind of thought right I just need to put a bit more effort into this and I started just putting a bit more effort into posts and thinking and it's like stuff that you really take for granted like knowledge you really take for granted so I think I was posting about things I don't know like how to like tips to maximize your google business listing or you know and then obviously because what happens on LinkedIn is everyone starts sharing how to do LinkedIn and I am no exception to that so like tips on how to write your profile best and they were started doing really well and I know obviously they're way more common now than they used to be so you need to keep evolving 
but yeah, that's how I started growing my following. And from a marketing perspective, there's a funnel that the amount of people that follow me on LinkedIn then become people that grow our database for our newsletter, then become people that buy the magazine and courses. And I think, yes, it's amazing to have communities and have network and have support on there. But you also have to remember it from a business perspective in terms of like, if you need 10 clients next year, where are those clients going to come from? So actually, it is also a numbers game. And I don't mean it's not quantity over quality, but there is a bit of a numbers game to be played as well. And if you're putting out relevant content, then hopefully you're getting quantity and quality. Totally. You've been running a a course for a while now called LinkedIn for Humans. When Mm. are you enrolling for the next cohort and, and what can we kind of expect from that course? So it's online, it's on demand and it's lifetime access. So you can do it at any time you want. Yeah, it's been really popular. It was it was me sharing what I did basically and how I grew my following. It's about a mindset shift as well, not just marketing know-how. So it's like, how can you come at this and get more confidence to, to post content? What should you be posting about? It opens a few times a year. So actually it's not opening again until February and then it probably open about once every three months in 2024. But I'm opening it for like 48 hours next week just for people. I know a lot of people have kind of December and January as learning months. So yeah, I'm going to open it next week, but actually it's on demand online. So you can do it in whatever time you want to do it. So have a, keep your eyes peeled. Follow me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Follow Sophie and I'll put a link to the course in the show notes as well for your listener as well. Turning to the Mac then. So as you mentioned in one of your most recent editor's letters, you say like growing a freelance business, it's a bit of a must. And of course, that means testing, trialing, making mistakes along the way. Throughout that process, where does the value of having like a freelance community behind you come into play, especially around that kind of making mistakes part? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's just so nice to know that other people have been through it. I think when you're on your own and you think, oh my God, I should have charged more or, oh, there's been scope creep or, oh, there's been this. Like I've just not been on a call or like a virtual, we do virtual co-working, which is really great. So we do that three times a week, soon to be four times a week. And there's always someone going, oh God, something's happened. And everyone's like, oh God, that happened to me the whole time. Or this happened to me and this is what I do now. And the, Or here's a contract template. Do you want me to send you my contract template? Like it's just amazing. And I think we just constantly need to be reminded that you make a mistake and you just feel like you're the only person in the world that's ever made it. And that is definitely not the case. So yeah, there's just so many people out there that are willing to help you. So don't suffer in isolation. Get on Twitter, get on LinkedIn and go, I need some help. My God, yeah. Do it for your mental health. And like, mm. I think at the start of my freelance journey, it was that. It was like so isolating. And like, if you had a late payer, the work wasn't coming in, or you, maybe you got some kind of, I don't know, some bad feedback you weren't expecting. It's like, how do I deal with this? Like, and without, without having that community, I think I'll definitely be back in the classroom teaching if there wasn't those people to turn to and finding a mentor as well. That's what a community gave me. It gave me a mentor and now a really good friend. Yeah. It's just so mad to like think that 
I didn't have one before. Honestly, it's like unbelievable to think that I freelanced for, I don't know, maybe five or six years and just didn't even think about talking to other freelancers. Yeah. I don't know. And it's so common, you know, and it's still so common for so many people, but I think and now we're part of it. And yeah, the same, like I've got really good friends in the community. Yeah, just everything. It's just, it's, I think as, as well for freelancers, like often you don't even know people in your own friendship circles or family that freelance as well. So, you know, if you're employed, you might not do the same thing as other people, but you might do something similar. Got this performance review or blah, blah, blah. And you can kind of chat to people about it. I think as a freelancer, like often there's not really other people that really understand the challenges that you're going through. So I just think that's why it's so important. Totally. And I guess a great example of the power of community is the response that you received after releasing the first issue of of Freelancer magazine. And Mm -hmm. every issue thereafter, it was everywhere. I I was expecting it to be on BBC News. It was just... I wish it was. It can get away from it. As long as I didn't have to be on it and talk on BBC News and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's amazing. People share it when it comes through the door and it's so nice to see and then other people like always people that have been featured and they're going or people that advertise like oh I saw your ad oh my god I read your feature oh my god do you get it too like that is just everything for me to see people connecting through it so long may that continue and um yeah it's always a bit weird now because it's kind of like well we're just finishing off the next issue so there's always like a bit of a lull and then you think, oh, that won't happen again. Like that's what happened after like one, you know, and then I was like, oh, it won't happen for the second one. And then it did. And then it, I kind of kept thinking, oh yeah, but it'll die down a bit. People, and yeah, it didn't really ever die down, which has been really, really nice. As mentioned before, Freelancer Magazine, it's more than a magnet. You know, going to sleep around the website, listener. When I did that, I stumbled across something called The Movement. And mm. can you just tell us what that is and how you come up with such a great name? Oh gosh. So when we launched our new website this year, shout out to another Brighton dweller, Hannah Dossery, who designed and developed the website, which is awesome, freelancermagazine.co.uk. When we built it, we wanted like a kind of, we don't have a membership and I've always, I didn't ever want to have a membership. I just wanted people to be able to buy the magazine or buy the courses and get involved with what they want to get involved with. But I wanted there to be something that if you subscribe, there would be like an area that you would get some additional things. So I, I was trying to think of a name for it and then said to a friend about it, I was like, I've, I've come up with it. It's going to be the movement. And magazines always had a playlist. Like we've always had kind of parties. So I liked the fact it kind of went alongside the kind of musical theme of that. And they said, oh, I don't know. I think that sounds a bit political, the movement. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> I was like, I'll put a Madagascar gif on it and people will get that <laughs> it won't feel as political. So, yeah, that's what we did. So it's still growing, but there's like exclusive content in there. So if you're logged in, if you're a subscriber, you can log into the website and you can get exclusive content, discounts off I don't know, merch, discounts of advertising. We've also got some partner offers in there, but that will continue to grow. And then also we have, which is probably even better than on our direct website at the moment, to be honest, but we have a freelancer magazine marketing movement private group on LinkedIn that if you have enrolled on any of our courses, you can join. So if you have enrolled on any of our courses, make sure you are a member of that because there's like 400 
freelancers in it now and they are like the friendliest freelancers like it's kind of like a little ready-made community of folk on LinkedIn um it's not like this crazy group where you get loads of notifications or anything like that but you can just start to see some familiar faces we do a little challenge little question every week so yeah that's another little selling point for uh getting involved yeah see more than a mag Sophie I've got some listener questions for you okay the first of which is from freelance brand voice copywriter Jonathan Wilcock who asked you I love him yeah he's a legend if Wi-Fi weren't an issue, where would you work from next? Oh, gosh. India, Jonathan, you know it. So the weirdest thing happened <laughs> on Twitter once. Me and Jonathan realized we had the same favorite restaurant and it was in Jaipur. I mean, how mental is that? Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I need to get back to India. I was meant to be going back in January, but I'm not at the moment. But... um. Yeah, I think people always say the beach. And obviously I would be tempted to say the beach, but I wouldn't because so distracting. I mean, honestly, like really, like I've moved my desk now to face a wall because I actually find it a bit distracting facing a window. It's like I'm just sort of looking outside wistfully, you know, thinking, oh, could be outside, could be swimming, could be walking. So it's got to be good, hasn't it? But it's got not got to be sort of too good. So not saying that India isn't too good, but I need to get back there. So I would definitely go there. A good choice. I'm, I'm living proof the beach, Brighton Beach is terrible for working. Like <laughs> your ass goes numb from the stones, seagulls try and nick your lunch, <laughs> sun glares on the screen. Don't oh, do and I know it's a cliche, but like the bloody seagulls there, what is going on? Honestly, they're like genuinely, you need a suit of armour. Oh yeah, you do. The size of small dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Our next question is from freelance copywriter, someone you mentioned earlier, actually, Gareth Hancock. He asks you, how do you cope with being an absolute legend of the game? Oh, <laughs> uh, right back at you. I thought he was going to say, question, have you already named dropped me in this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I literally cope by knowing that Gareth is out there being an even bigger legend. And just thinking, well, he's got to cope with that every day, hasn't he? So if he can cope with that level of legendariness, yeah. then us mere mini legends can, we're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And it's great to see Gareth. He's, he's like pretty active on LinkedIn now. And it's just great to see the power of Yeah. We've been wanting it for ages. I didn't want to pressurize him. You know, I thought he'll come over in his own time, but yeah, yeah, so good that he's on (laughs) LinkedIn. I know he hates every moment of it, really. But he's like, yeah, it's good for us. Right. Okay. So we've got a feature round as well, Sophie. It's called Name That Attraction, sponsored by Arama, your go to podcast editors based in Brighton. And with every guest, we ask them to come up with a name and strap line for a new attraction coming to Brighton Pier. It's all fictional, of course. Sophie, my previous guest, Mel Barfield, has set your attraction task, which is to come up with a name and strap line for a coconut show. What have you got for us? Oh, my God. Off the top of my head now. <laughs> well, unless you did your homework. Oh, I didn't do my homework. This is awful. Okay, it's going to be called... Harry Balls, take my show. Okay. Yeah. Is that allowed to be put in? 
Yeah, we can do that. We can. We have to pass it by legal, but I'm sure we can maybe get that in there. Hairy balls and hard nuts. That's not bad off the top of your head. That's the first as well. Someone off the top of their head. Look at that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to go. If it's off the top of your head, it's got to be the innuendo, really, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. We'll settle for that. Hairy balls. Here you go, people. And whilst you're here, Sophie, would you like to set the new attraction task for my next guest, which is your friend of mine, the creator of Happy Freelancers, Vicky Kritov? Oh, well, it's not really an attraction, but can I do it anyway? Because it would be on the pier. Like, I'm a big donut fan. Oh. Can we have a donut shop? Yeah, no one's done that yet. Great. It's in there. Your homework is set, Vicky. Name and struck line for a donut shop. Awesome. Sophie, if people want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Come and find me on LinkedIn. Come on. Come and be friends on LinkedIn. Just come and connect. You'll find me. I'm sure you will. Sophie Cross. And check out the magazine as well and come and join like our virtual co-working. It's free. It's friendly. It's open to any freelancers. But have a snoop around the website and you'll find all the stuff that's going on. Awesome. I'll put all those links in the notes. And um, thanks for joining us, Sophie. And if you found this episode useful, do consider leaving a review for the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to join me for a chinwag about freelancing or copywriting, do drop me a line at coastalcopy.co.uk and I'll see you next time on Podcast by the Pit.